to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local craft makers to reinvent the way food and beverage products get to market in Oregon. Our vision is to inspire, mentor, support, and assist local producers reach their fullest potential. For over 40 years, Market of Choice has been supporting our local farmers, ranchers, fisher folk, and entrepreneurs. We believe the way we source products has a positive ripple effect across our great state. That's why we are proud to offer over 7,000 local products to our stores, and the majority of our purchases support a robust regional food system. We love you, Market of Choice. We love you, Market of Choice. (laughs) And they're open. Everyone can go there right now. Market of Choice is really rocking it, actually. I saw a note that they gave a $2 pay increase to all their workers. Oh, yeah, because everyone's working hard right now. Yeah, that was very generous and thoughtful. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Masonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. We're so glad that you guys are tuning in live today. We're doing our show from home. We're following all the social distancing rules. So Sarah and I are here. We don't have a guest today. Uh, Alon is here too, and we're just all on on the air from our homes. So thanks for listening, everybody. It's pretty cool that we can pick up um, the pieces and sort of figure out a way to still keep moving forward. And yeah, it- and still stay connected. I think that's the key to all of this is that I think for all of us that love our people and want to um, be there for everybody, it's hard when we can't be around them. So I think it's more important than ever to have things like radio and phone conversations and connect with each other since we can't really do it in person. So this is a good way. I'm glad that we can still do this. Yeah. In fact, we have a zoom meeting going right now. So Sarah and I can see each other. And so it doesn't make it so weird. Like we're just not talking into the air. We're actually seeing each other's faces. So that's, I know. Well, and I just felt relief when I saw you pop up on the screen because I haven't seen you this whole week. And so I was like, oh, there she is. I know. Actually, <laughs> did we even see each other last? Well, yes, we did. But we last did. week we didn't have a show. No, we didn't. We came in and, and everybody kind of made plans for how this whole thing was going to work. So I'm glad that we were able to do this and be here for everybody. Do you have um, any food, food news today? 
I have, I do, I have some food news for sure. So um, I want to talk about in this time, um, you know, a lot of things are closed and people are kind of unsure of where to go to get things. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that the Portland farmer's market is still happening. Oh. So um, it will be tomorrow. It will be from nine to two at PSU. Uh, it's very important in this time that people have access to fresh, healthy food. And so um, they are keeping the market open. There's a lot of health precautions that are put in place that I think are really important. So they're making sure that the market is still running very safely and social distancing is in place. So all the booths are going to be spread out. They're going to be far away from each other. There won't be food sampling um, but people can come and get produce and get vegetables and support farmers and support small businesses. So I really want to encourage everyone to go to the Portland Farmers Market. So that's our um, current food news. I just got an email that it is for sure open tomorrow. The city has um, made it okay for the Farmers Market to run. And I wanted to, the other food news I have is that, um, there's also, so that's at PSU. So if you're in the downtown area, you can go there tomorrow. There's also another farmer's market that um, Stacy from Side Yard Farm is running tomorrow. Uh, that is from 11 to 3. And Side Yard Farm is at 4800 Northeast Simpson. And so people can go there to get food as well. And that market is going to be all female food farmers and entrepreneurs. They're going to do the same rules as the regular farmer's market. So social distancing, people can be apart from each other. They're trying to avoid having lines and things like that. So you just kind of wait your turn. And I think everyone is doing a really good job of um, just trying to figure out how to navigate all of this while also giving people food and access to, um, you know, to healthy food instead of just stockpiling chips. <laughs> yeah, I saw a picture of the entryway to Rainbow Grocery down in San Francisco. And yeah. they actually took bright orange spray paint and drew um, lines on the sidewalk at six feet so that people standing in line to get in there would be standing six feet apart. Yeah, I went, you know, a lot of us are are shipping now, too. And so um, they're putting into place in all of the shipment centers. Like when I went to the UPS store to drop off some stuff there, they're closing the store for a little while and letting people come in a few at a time and then sanitizing the whole store. And um, I think that everyone is just trying to do their best with what we have to work with, but it's nice to see all of these precautions in place. You know, when you're part of the food industry, we're really used to keeping things clean, sanitized, hand washing, all of these things are part of our world. And especially, yeah. you know, when I think about our restaurant industry, this is an everyday way of life for us, but it's not really for everyone else. So even though people are talking about, um, you know, the safest thing to do is wash your hands and keep things sanitized, we're kind of used to doing all that stuff already. You know, it's already yeah. built into our brains. We're really good at it. Yeah. And Sarah, did we get some updates from um, FDA about ways to sanitize Actually, I was going to uh, talk about the um, Cornell University Risk Management Strategy Checklist for food processing, but I think oh, yeah, the strategy, yeah, so that's um, something that you can find online if you want to go to Cornell University and type in COVID-19. I'm sure it pops up on their front page. 
And they have put together a document that outlines a draft checklist for risk management and how to implement it um, in your in your business or in your home. And one of the first things on the list is hand sanitizer dispensers. So they want the hand sanitizer dispensers in entrances and exits and transition areas. So for me, if it was my home, I would want it by the front door and maybe the side door and then maybe in the bathroom. In a workplace, you would want it by the front door and maybe on the loading dock and also in the bathroom. And then I think the other thing too is like, if you have those by all of those places, then remembering you can sanitize the hand sanitizer, you know? So we just wipe everything down with our bleach wipes. Oh, I've got some kind of alarm going off. Let me. (laughs) Also, there's a website that the EPA put together. It has a guidance document where you can go and check to see if the sanitizer that you're using is a vericidal, which means that it actually kills viruses. Um, You might have heard on the news that your sanitizer has to have a certain percentage of alcohol for it to actually be effective. I believe it's 60% has to be 60% alcohol for it to kill the virus. One of the things that's a problem right now is finding gloves. Mm -hmm. And I actually, they're not, they say they're not food grade, but I'm not sure why. Um, You can go to, oh, uh, into the hardware stores. Um, Actually, I'm not sure Home Depot had it, but I went to another hardware store over at McLaughlin and they had boxes and boxes of gloves. And when I was at Cash and Carry, they also had gloves. Yeah. So if you need to have some gloves um, to transition with, or even if you feel more comfortable when you go out to a grocery store, you could actually have some gloves in your purse or your pocket. And just pull those out as you do your transactions. They say yeah. that using money is not a good idea right now. Yeah. So you should probably use your own debit or credit card when you make purchases. Well, and for a lot of our business friends, if you are going to be out at the farmer's market um, and you and you don't want to use money, uh, a good a good system to set up is to do Venmo. Uh, and then people just have their own phones. They can just put your information in. They can pay you that way. When I was at the farmer's market last week, that's how most people paid me um, so that we didn't have to exchange money or hand each other's phones over. Uh, yeah. I didn't take any cash at the market. Uh, yeah, so Venmo... Venmo's an app you can download on your phone. Yeah, Venmo and is an, an app, yeah, that people can do. But they could also, if they, you can do Venmo, you could also do PayPal. And it's a way for people to directly pay you without exchanging actual money and, and phones. I've used Venmo before. It works pretty good. Yeah, I think it works great. Um, it's just a little tip for people. So the other thing people are probably thinking is that they they have bleach in their laundry room and they want to use bleach because they already have it. But what I want to caution you about bleach is, one, it will bleach things. So you have to make sure that your concentration is the right level. And I believe if you look online, you'll see that they're saying that you really only need, is it a teaspoon per gallon or something like that? So you don't need very much bleach in the water that you're going to use as your sanitizer um, to make it effective. In fact, more is not always good. So make sure and find out, you know, you know, make sure you know exactly what you should be doing. 
Yeah, we um, use pH strips in the kitchen to test our water. That's what the Department of Agriculture has trained all of us to do. So, um, you know, everyone most likely has those. If they run out, you can still get them at cash and carry. Um, I think especially since a lot of our restaurants have closed or shut down, um, those those stores that usually supply restaurants actually have a lot of stuff in them. So, um, oh, well, you know, it's called, it's not called cash and carry anymore. What's the new name? Smart food, smart, fi- smart final. I don't know. Something smart. But I yeah. was in the one here in Clackamas earlier this week and there was a line of about 20 people and the shelves were looking a little bare. So okay. They didn't have any toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, most anywhere is out of toilet paper. Hopefully people are um, stocked up. I don't know. I'm going to try Costco. I saw Costco sent out a note to everybody yesterday saying, if you bought extra toilet paper and water for us and you find out you don't need it, guess what? You can't return it. Oh, (laughs) I know. I think that... um, there, there is some of that going on where people are, are stocking up on certain things. Um, toilet paper seems to be one of them. <laughs> and I think some, some people that just need some, just a couple rolls of toilet paper can't find any, you know? I know. I was chatting with my friend in Minnesota that I grew up with last night on text. And I was like, hey, you just got to ask, are you guys out of toilet paper in Minnesota too? And she's like, yep. She yeah. said, uh, thankfully, sometime in the past, she had, you know, gone to a sale at Target and bought, buy one and get one and get $5 off or something. And so she was, she had pretty some happy. She had the toilet paper. One of the other things that you need to remember about using gloves is that when you do touch a bunch of surfaces, then the gloves get dirty. If yeah. you don't want to throw the gloves away, you can actually wash your hands with the gloves mm-hmm. on to re-clean them and sanitize them. And you can find information about cleaning and disinfecting at the Oregon Department of Agriculture's website. And I believe at your county um, health inspector website, they should also have information there for you if you need Yeah, they've been they've been sending out to all of us licensed food um entrepreneurs information to keep us updated um, and keep us doing things safe. And so, um, you know, to our listeners and to our guests that we have on the show, they probably have it, but we've been, um, you know, sharing it with other people and forwarding it on just so everybody stays up to date on what the new information is. But it's nice that we're all connected in that way to get that information right away. So the other thing that Cornell said is that you should have organizational measures. And what that means is that you should have a contact person in your team and maybe a backup person that handles all communication and coordination of all the efforts around this COVID-19 stuff. And that person should be the one that knows all the information, can regularly update everyone And that um, person can help also manage non-essential visitors and outside contractors. Sometimes you um, just can't have extra people in your facility, and that's happening all over the place. Even the Food Innovation Center, downtown Portland, which is part of Oregon State University, has a strategy of no non-essential folks uh, on site right now. And the university has switched over to all remote learning for the whole spring term. 
Oh, okay. So I always say, well, if all the smart people down there at the university are making decisions like that, maybe we should listen to them. And yeah, be following right away. Yeah. That was the thing I just wanted to offer to people is that I know in this time where we're all kind of uncertain of what is happening, just being careful of of not getting wrapped up into it. You know, we're we're very social people. We we love each other. It's hard for us to be distanced. And I think that then it's very easy because we're because we are so connected through social media to kind of panic and to yeah. um you know to get information that maybe isn't accurate. But I think what you're saying, Sarah, is that um you know look to the people that we trust. So like those university leaders. Those, um, you know, the people that that are in charge of our our license, you know, the FDA, the um, the Department of Agriculture, those people are really putting out good information for us. And I think if we stick with that, we follow what they're saying um, and and that kind of can give us some comfort and some calm in um, keeping things as, as normal as we can. Yeah, I mean, you really have to trust your gut. So, like, if you yeah. have an un- uneasy feeling about something or something doesn't look right, it's just, like, don't do it. Yeah. Um, so, I one of the things... Go ahead. Go ahead. You can go. <laughs> oh. The last part I wanted to talk about is the supply chain and how you're getting your ingredients and some of the difficulties with shipping. And I, Sarah and I were actually chatting yesterday about shipping, and I thought maybe she could tell us her story about how she's trying to ship stuff. Oh, yeah. So everyone is putting into place, um, you know, new requirements. And so we are trying to get some things shipped uh, on, on pallets. And so all the warehouses are trying to do things safely. So some of them have orders for... Um, a non-entry, like you were talking about non-essential people coming in. So, um, so people can't go into the warehouses. So when we're picking up some of our supplies, they're bringing it out curbside, just like, just like it is okay for people to, um, you know, order food and go pick it up curbside. It, for us that are ordering supplies, those supply companies are doing it where we pull up, they're keeping the warehouses sanitized and they bring stuff out to us and then we take it and then we're responsible for it. So um, there's things in place there uh, so that people can still keep um, doing what they're doing, but in but following all these rules. One of the things in this organizational measures list that I just read um, and I find very interesting is that sometimes you can't actually get all the ingredients you need to produce your product, but you shouldn't let that keep you from making it. So all you folks out there that we've taught how to work with your formula, remember when I said you just had to add up to 100. So if you have to take something out like who knows? Maybe I take black pepper out. Just take the black pepper amount out and recalculate your formula and move forward. Um, people are going to understand that it doesn't taste exactly the same, and there's a reason for it. Uh, also, if anybody needs black pepper, I just had about 25 pounds of <laughs> <laughs> delivered. <laughs> so Sarah's like, who doesn't have black pepper? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a funny story about black pepper too. I went to see her accountant. Her name's Robin. And I was like, um, before I went, I was like, I'm going to give her something. And this company called Burlap and Barrel had sent me some different spices that they have. And one of them was called Zanzibar black pepper. 
And so I walked in and I was like, hey, Robin, I have a present for you. And she's like, what is it? And I handed it to her and she said, Zanzibar black pepper. And I was like, yeah. And she said, just last night I was watching a class online about spices from Zanzibar. And here you brought me the Zanzibar black pepper. That's so yeah. I I just get um, I, I get a lot of spices from um, reluctant trading. Do, do you yeah. know them? Um, so. So they uh, source all these wonderful spices. I did some recipe writing for them. Um, and so I was going to tell people that if you need things to cook at home, if you go to the Reluctant Trading website, I wrote a ton of recipes for oh. them um, using all these spices that you probably have in your pantry, but they're also shipping spices. So I did some um, green peppercorn uh, recipes and some all kinds of things, coriander soup and Joe. I mean, I did so many. So if you need something to cook at home and you need ideas, you can go ahead and find them. But I also know they're still shipping because I just got a bunch of stuff from them. And it's called reluctant. <laughs> it's called reluctant trading company, trading company. Yeah. And they have some of the best spices. They, they um, import very small um, amounts of hand harvested peppercorns and coriander and all of their stuff is really fresh and wonderful. So if you need to be cooking at home, get some stuff from them and follow those recipes. Yeah. So the next thing on this list says personal measures, and this is where leadership becomes really important because our employees are actually looking to us for guidance yeah. And when everything sort of feels like it's falling apart and folks are still coming to work, they're really looking to the employer to help them sort through all these changes because change is usually what gets people kind of messed up. Yeah. You know, it's hard. We get into like routines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we have to learn something new and do something. It's like stressful because people don't mm-hmm. want to fail at the change. Yeah, and we so they want to be really good that? at their uh, really good at their jobs and they yeah. want to still be there and they want to still do it but because things are different they don't feel good at it and it yeah. takes a little bit of time to get used to these new systems so we just want to encourage everybody that we're all going to figure it out together we're all going to get really good at it and um and to the people that are these small business leaders um you know, being there for your people, but also we can be there for each other. So if you need support to figure things out and talk things through, a lot of times we're a little bit alone in that, but we can, we can talk to each other and connect and, and figure out plans together. So just reach out to your people in your community and talk things through, but we're all going to get through this for sure. Even when it feels like we're not, we definitely are. So as an employer, you might want to think about getting one of those temperature um, little temperature monitor things. So if you have a lot of folks that you're managing and you need them to come to work, you might just have some method of screening them as they arrive at work. And I think they would appreciate appreciate that too. So you can t- do um, temperature checks because that's yeah, one of the Yeah, just to make sure people don't have a fever. Yeah. And definitely instruct them on social distancing. So you might have to rearrange your manufacturing a little bit so that people are far enough apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Um, I w- can I give some resources to people? Yeah, yeah, good that's idea. That's a good time for that. 
Um, so I know that in our food community, people have lost their jobs. There's been a lot of layoffs, especially in the restaurant industry. So I just wanted to give a couple of resources to people. Um, even especially all of you skilled chefs and re and restaurant workers, uh, a lot of the grocery stores are hiring right now. They're overrun because there's so much stuff. So, um, Market of Choice just posted a lot of jobs. I just checked it this morning. Um, they're looking for bakers. They're looking for people that have skills to um, be creating food that go in their hot cases. So all of you people that um, don't have work right now, I would encourage you to go to our local stores and see if they have jobs. So New Seasons, Market of Choice, Green Zebra, they are all actively hiring right now. And so um, they I'm sure they would love to have you. So I wanted to encourage people to go there. Uh, I also wanted to talk about, um, oh, the Good Food Guild posted some resources and they're updating that link uh, all the time. And so for small businesses and us small food producers, they are putting information that is helpful about um, bills that are being passed, about resources that are out there, about small business loans. So um, if you're not a member of the Good Food Guild, you wouldn't have gotten this information, but you can become a mem member. Just go to the Good, Fil um, Good Food Guild website. You don't have to be a member to access those resources, uh, but you can find that there. And then um, also another, there was one more resource. Oh, um, Mercy Corps Northwest has uh, good resources for small businesses. So if you are um, needing some assistance, you can go there and see what they have to offer. But I just checked all of those sites this morning before we got on the call. And there's some good um, resources for people out there if you need assistance. So check those sites. Yeah. And if you haven't heard of Oregon Entrepreneur Network, you might check out their website. It's called OEN, Oregon Entrepreneur Network. And Amanda has put together a list of all of the resources that the state of Oregon and all the service providers have um, for folks. And actually, there's a really interesting page on their website that has a full list of all service providers in the state of Oregon, which brings me to Business Oregon. And Business Oregon is where you need to connect with for small business um, assistance and um, any federal funding that might be coming down through the federal government to the state to assist people that are struggling. Oh, Oregon, the Portland Business Journal, I was looking at that. They have a bunch of information about what's going on around the city. And then great news on OPB was announced, uh, let's see, on the 19th, so yesterday. No, that's when I printed it. I don't know when it was announced. Anyway, they announced, oh, it was on March 17th, that um, Portland and Multnomah County enacted a temporary moratorium on evictions. So, yeah, so, and it's for residential. And so if you are scared in this time and um, worried about um, your home, it that that is what that... Um, message is sending us that we, you know, they won't evict anybody in this time. Um, so that can give us some relief as we're feeling stressed about things. Yeah, it says you have a six month grace period to pay back the rent after the state of emergency is over. 
So, you know, if you could pay half the rent, but you can't pay all of it, it seems like it would be a good idea um, to just try and stay on top of it if you can. But you do have yeah. a little bit of leeway. And we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor and we'll come back and chat some more. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. Okay, so Sarah, I wanted to finish up on the list. Okay. Um, Personal measures. So... They're talking about hand washing a lot. And so I was thinking that right now hand washing would be a really good teachable moment. So a lot of you have kids at home. And one of my friends that actually owns a restaurant over in Beaverton, her name is Lisa Tran of Tan Tan. She was doing a little lesson for her kids and she took a picture. And basically what she did was she had a bowl of water on the table and she put some sand in there, I think, and maybe some dirt. And it was just a really good illustration for the kids about how their hands can get dirty, even going into water. And I think she probably then talked to them about hand washing and sanitizing. So I think kids are definitely a vector for transmitting colds and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so this might be a great time to really instill in them, like how to wash your hands properly. Yeah, I think so. I think we think about, um, you know, our employees, but also think about our kids and it um, is really a good time to teach them how to do things safely. Uh, At our house, we do where Adeline uh, washes her hands and says the ABCs. So it just gives her enough time to be in there, to be cleaning, um, to be doing it. And so that, that has been helpful for us. And she just likes to do it. You know, she's in there singing. She like has a little stool that she stands on. So it's like, it's just become part of our routine and, um, and she likes it, you know, it's fun for her to be at the sink, washing her hands for a long amount of time, singing a song. That's good. And you just want to stay on top of the supplies that you have. Even if they're limited supplies, you want to make sure that people don't feel like they can't use them because the supplies are limited. So you might just kind of think through what you're um, what you're going to do if you do run out of your supplies. Like what's your contingency plan? How will you, you know, maybe you have a lot of dish soap. People wash their hands with dish soap instead of hand soap. There's a lot of things that you can do in, in those moments. I have a good um, resource right now for getting hand sanitizer and soaps for restaurants and kitchens. So, um, uh, Notaguro restaurant is uh, one of our friends restaurants and the restaurant is closed, but they're starting to do, um, takeout bento. Uh, they're going to start it tomorrow. Um, they also own a separate business, Ulysses and Elena, uh, runs that. And she, um, that makes hands, hand sanitizer and soap for the restaurant industry. And so she sells it in big quantities. So reach out to them. You can find them on Instagram, but they're going to do curbside pickup for restaurants. So it's a good resource for all of us food producers to be able to not 
worry about running out of soap and sanitizer because we, this is especially important for us to have while we're producing food and they have a lot of it. And, and you what can is get the it company from them? So it's, um, spelled E L here. Let me look it up on Instagram. So I don't, I don't spell it wrong. Um, at this time that it's so important. Let's see. Um, E L yeah. Oh, e yeah, it's E-L-E-U-S-I-S way. And you can find them through Notoguro, um, or you can look up Elena Roadhouse, or you can look up e- Ulysses Way. Um, and so you're going to be able to, if you're in the food industry and you need a lot of hand sanitizer and soap, or if you're just a regular person, you can um, purchase it. Everything is being done through their Shopify account. You can purchase it and come pick it up curbside. So, so don't worry about running out of hand sanitizer or soap. They have plenty and you can get it through them. That's good to know. I didn't know there was someone here locally making such important things. for. Our yeah, she, um, she has been a supplier to us and everything that she makes is natural, organic. There's no ingredients because for them, you know, they make... Um, you know, their restaurant has, um, you know, sushi and fresh fish and things like that. And so any kind of, um, you know, transfer of weird ingredients to the product would, would, you know, change that. And so they, they make everything, um, very natural and clean. And, um, it's great for all of us restaurant people, especially bakers, because those things can transfer over to your food if you're using your hands a lot. So everyone can, check out their Shopify account. They just adjusted it and changed it because that's not usually the way their restaurant worked. But what I'm seeing from a lot of our restaurant people and food industry people is that we're all very adaptable. So people are trying new things and they're um, figuring out how to work within these systems. So even though these guys had never even had a website that you could order something off right away, they figured out how to get it up there. And so I know that um, Saturday they're going to start having those things available. So tomorrow. Wow. It's kind of interesting how need breeds innovation. Yeah. You know, when we need stuff and things change, then suddenly we're innovative because we're like forced out of our daily routine. It's pretty refreshing, actually. Yeah, I think um, all of us food entrepreneurs, too, as things are changing, the message that I really want people to hear, because I know it's hard anytime things change, but we all got here. We all started our businesses from nothing. Um, you know, we created it ourselves. And I think that um, we can do that again. If it feels like things are going to change or things aren't working or you're worried about your business, I just want people to hear that, especially for restaurants right now, because they they don't know how they're going to reopen. What I really want you guys to hear is that we will do it together. We will our communities will support you. We will be there. We'll figure it out. Um, I know it doesn't feel that way in this moment, but we created these businesses together from the start and we can do it again. So I just want to send that message of love and hope to our people. That's a good message. I I think they need it. Also, you know what? You have to ask if you need help. You've got to ask because people are not mind readers and everyone that I've seen, because I follow a lot of people on Instagram, all of the people on Instagram the chefs that run restaurants and things, the ones that penciled it out and figured out that they can make some money through this curbside service, 
all they've had to do is just let their constituents know that they're doing it. And they all come back and say they're like just completely overwhelmed by how kind and gracious and supportive all of their patrons are. Yeah. So just ask. Yeah. Ask for help if you need it. And if you're feeling stuck or um, you're not sure what to do, even just bouncing ideas off each other, calling and talking to us, sending us messages, like we'll do what we can. We're, you know, we want to help talk people through all of this um, and be there for you. So reach out to us if you, if you need, need somebody to talk to. Yeah. And I do have one additional list for everybody to look up. Yeah. And it, it's coming from the federal government. Sarah had mentioned it earlier. And we all know that the Food Safety Modernization Act or FISMA, we've been working on it, I believe, since 2011. It's already nine years that it's been in place since it was first implemented. And they have issued guidance. Um, that is for temporary um, temporary use, but I think you know if it's if they if people change to start doing these things, it has to do with on-site audit requirements um, for importers and receiving facilities, and I think that's what's being reflected in the shipping industry that Sarah talked about. How people are kind of meeting you at the door instead of allowing you to come and walk through your facility. They have all of the implemented regulations that have been created still have to be um, upheld. You can't suddenly, because of this COVID-19 thing, it doesn't mean you get to stop doing all of the things you've implemented. Like, you don't just get, it's not the Wild West now. Um, it's even more important to make sure that you're following all the guidelines. Um, the, they talk about the global uh, travel restrictions and advisories on um, people moving around. Um, I heard that OSU is now on a level three, which is reconsider travel and um, maybe, you know, don't travel, no, no non-essential travel. So if you don't have to go somewhere, just don't go. And level four is do not travel at all, which is the highest level. Um, that's what you've heard on the news about China. It's like, you cannot travel to China. We cannot have people coming from China. And, you know, we're hoping that's going to get lifted soon. But um, countries like Italy and all around Europe, it's just too um, densely populated. It's just too hard to do the six foot separation I think one of the things that we might take for granted is actually how much space we have here in Oregon we yeah. literally have a lot of space for our population any of us live in homes or even apartments that are very spacious with big green areas around and um, I encourage people to get outside and go for a walk I swear I've seen more people in my neighborhood over the last week than ever in the last four years because people are actually getting out and walking. <clears throat> yeah, we really um, were by the uh, Springwater Corridor. And so uh, my daughter and I have been going on bike rides and I've, we've done that, that trail ride for, you know, years since we've lived over here. And, um, Usually I don't see that many people on there, just commuter people, but people are packing it out, which is nice. I think it's good for people to 
Um, you know, exercise is really healing. I see a lot of people running. I see a lot of people out walking, riding bikes. Um, it's a good, healthy coping mechanism. So if you can get outside and walk around, um, you're still meeting the requirements. You don't have to stay hold up inside of your house. Um, you can, you can get some fresh air because we need it. Our brains need it. Our bodies need it. Also, remember the older folks that may live near you that are having a difficult time getting out. You might yeah. actually <clears throat> connect with them and let them know, hey, I can go to the grocery store for you. I can mow your lawn, whatever it yeah. is that you could help out with. That would be a very nice idea. Some of the um, grocery stores, too, are implementing a, um hour in the beginning of the store opening. Um, I know Market of Choice is doing that. Um, New Seasons is doing that where the first hour that they're open is for the vulnerable population. So less people are allowed in the store at that time. Um, so just know that that is a resource. So if you do have someone that lives by you and maybe they don't know that, you can let them know that they can go in in the beginning of the store opening and, and get food. Because that's really important right now. If, you, if you're a detail person and you want to know about the virus, you can actually go online and there's a website that a young man put together that maps out all of the infection rates in all the countries across the world and all of that information. So if you want to find that information, you can go online and just Google COVID-19 across the world and you'll find the website and you can look at that information and you'll see that in some countries where this started um, before it started here that it's already starting to level off and that's what we're looking for here yeah that's the goal yep that's the goal all right well we um are gonna start to wrap things up here because we have just a little bit more information to give you um, so I just want to really send out love to all of our listeners, to all of our people, to all of our food industry people. Um, yeah. I know that we need it right now because we're all very unsure. Um, for all of us that don't have, um, you know, we didn't just get sent home with paid leave. Like we're all unsure of what's going to happen. But I think that, um, I just want people to hear that we will figure it out and that we will get through this and our businesses will survive and we will be there for each other to rebuild if we need to. So I just want to send that message of love and hope to everybody. That's nice, Sarah. Sarah, don't cry. <laughs> I, we I just laugh on our show. I know. I like to say all the things, but my... Um, you know, I, I just care about all my people and I want them Aww. to be okay. They're going to be okay. And don't forget, we have a <clears throat> we have a really good food pantry at the Oregon Food Bank. And a lot of the communities have uh, facilities that disperse food. So find out where the food is in your neighborhood and go pick some up. Don't be shy. Yeah, if you need food, let us know. I, I, you guys probably know this, but I have a lot of pickles and jams. <laughs> <laughs> I have dips on that giardiniere, whatever you call it, the Italian pickles. Those are so good. 
I've got like 50 jars of those, Sarah. I can keep you stocked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All of my canning friends out there are not worried about running out of food. We've got it. We've been prepared for things like this. We, oh, I got it. You know, I love to share. So if people need food, let us know. So if I have, okay, I'm supposed to be a food scientist, but I got some jam I made like four years ago. And I just didn't want to throw it away. I think I have to to maybe open it up and try it. <laughs> you can always, okay, uh, you know, master canning information here. You can boil it first. Oh. And, like in, in the jar, you can just boil it. Um, just but cook it. Yeah, you're recooking it. So, you know, they recommend that you eat things within two years. Um, oh, they do. Yeah, they do. But, you know, there's all those pantry preppers out there that keep things away for times like this. Um, yeah. You can boil it and eat it. If you if you are desperate for food, you can you can do that. I'm going to survive on raspberry <laughs> cheese. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm going to wrap up. Market of Choice is Oregon's largest independent family-owned grocery store. With 10 stores in Oregon, it's all about choice. We focus on having a wide selection of the finest and freshest conventional, natural, organic, local, and health conscious products. We have more than over 1,300 teammates, including real, authentic chefs, bakers, butchers, cheesemongers, florists, and more. We all strive to create an authentic, relaxing, and enjoyable shopping experience with our customers and truly care about the communities where our teammates and our customers live and work. To find the Market of Choice nearest you, please visit our website at www.marketofchoice.com. At Market of Choice, we buy local so you can too. And we are recording Masoni and Marshall inside of our homes. You can tune in live every Friday at 9 a.m. or find us on your favorite podcast platform. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. And if you want to be a guest, we are still going to interview our guests back to our regular schedule. We're just going to do it all by phone for now. And we will be here next week for you. That's right. Bye for now. Bye. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences because food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.